It is a powerful thing to be able to declare that together. Holy God, you are holy forever. To declare that with the angels, with those assembled before you, declaring for all eternity, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. God, we stand and declare that too. You are holy forever. You always have been. You always will be. You are here, present with us, moving among us. And your holiness brings your holy presence here. Father God, we thank you that we can gather in this way. That we can experience your presence in this way as we declare these things. And so God, we invite you to speak and move among us now. As you already have been. But God, as we turn to your word and we dig into these things, God, we pray that you would speak, that you would bring your holiness there, that our hearts and our minds would be open to hear and receive from you, to connect with you, to experience that holiness and learn and grow in what it means for us to walk in that holiness too. We invite you now to speak in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, worship team, for leading us to that place this morning. Powerful things for us to declare together. And we invite you, uh, yeah, we invite you to turn with me this morning. Lamentations, chapter 3. When's the last time you were in Lamentations? Hopefully, hopefully not that long ago. We did our Bible reading in a year thing as a church, right? So sometime in the last year, you should have been there. Uh, but we do actually have a Bible. Uh, we walked through the Bible over two years, actually. So it might have been two years ago. Um, but we have that available. We email that out every morning. And it's just in addition to your own discipleship journey, studying Scripture, whatever you're doing, uh, it allows us to be kind of reading the same thing as a church family, just to be walking through that together. So we invite you to check that out on the website. You can sign up for that. But Lamentations chapter 3. We're going to read uh, a portion of this together this morning. And then we're going to walk through some Big things today that God has for us. Lamentations chapter 3. It says this. I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. Like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding, he dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. He drew his bow and made me the target of his arrows. He pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. I became the laughingstock of all my people. They mock me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and given me gall to drink. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone. And all that I hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering. The bitterness 
and the gall. I will remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for Him. Do you believe in the great love of God? Do you trust His compassion even through the deepest suffering? greatest struggle? Do you wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord even when it feels like He is not with you? God is good and His compassion never fails no matter what. Amen. What an amazing service we got to have last week as those young people passed through the waters of baptism laying their old life, their old self to rest in the grave and being raised to new life in Jesus, declaring their commitment to Him for all the world to see. It was an incredible day, a powerful witness, and I hope you were challenged as I was to step more deeply into this holiness we've been singing about this morning, into relationship and discipleship all over again. As those young people laid that witness before us together, God is doing good things. This year... Our theme is the Word, and we're exploring the power of the Word, what it means and what it does. The Word alive in us and in the world around us. The Word written down in these pages and embodied in the person of Jesus. And those young people displayed for us the true power of the Word to transform and bring life as they responded to the work of the Spirit in their hearts, the Word written there. Bringing forgiveness and salvation and new life as they are shaped into the image of Jesus, the living Word given for them. This is real stuff, people. What a testimony. What a, what a declaration. What a celebration we got to share. And again, if you feel called to that same witness, talk to myself or Pastor Scott. We've already had another individual approach us. God is moving. And if God is speaking to you, don't wait. Listen and respond. Walk in obedience as the Spirit leads you forward. It's good. God is good. But that's what we're exploring this year, the, the power of the Word, the beauty of the Word, the truth of the Word, and the transforming work of the Word. As the Spirit brings life through the Word, 
alive in us and bringing us into relationship and understanding of the God who created us. The Word is His gift to us. Scripture is His heart expressed to us in the pages of Scripture in His Son, the expression of His nature to us, that we can know Him and understand Him and follow Him and trust Him to lead. The Word reveals the nature and the mind of God to us, His power and His love, His heart, His majesty, His grace, and His mercy. It reveals to us His purpose and His plans. And in a world so filled with hurt and chaos and suffering, His Word brings us comfort and it promises us that He is in control. God's Word is good. and We need to know it, to study it, to memorize it, to meditate on it. Fill our hearts and our minds with it that our lives can reflect Him as we were created to do. And so this fall we've been looking at the different parts of the Word. The different ways that God has revealed Himself to us in these pages. The different things He wants us to see in the different parts of Scripture. God's Word is is filled with truth and understanding, and He's spoken to us in different ways through it, trying to help us see Him and know Him, that we can walk with Him. And so He spoke to us through history and teaching, through law and poetry and worship, through prophecy and testimony, all describing Himself to us and describing us to us. That we can know what we were made to be, how we were made to be, what He sees, what we were made for, and how He desires us to live. All of these different parts work together, painting a a picture for us of our Father and of life. Expressing purpose and worship, direction, and hope, and leading us into relationship with Him. And all that's amazing. All that's wonderful. All of that is good. It's nice. But that's not all that life is. Life isn't always just walking confidently forward every day filled with joy and hope and peace worshiping and contentment all the time trusting God fully and just seeing him work that's not how life works sometimes and sometimes a lot more than sometimes life is hard we face suffering and hardship and genuine evil. We experience loss and pain and hurt and brokenness. And sometimes in those places of darkness, we can think that God doesn't see and God doesn't care. We can feel alone and abandoned. Where's the word? And it seems like God's not there. 
Psalm 13, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. The practice discipline, the expression of lament. Lament is not something we're good at in our culture. And maybe even more directly sometimes in the church specifically. It's not something we're really comfortable with. It's not something we know how to do very well and Some of that might be cultural, honestly. I mean, you know, Canada was overall founded by the British Empire, those bringing their culture here, those famously expressive people, stiff upper lip and all that. A lot of German and Dutch descendants here, myself included. Again, not necessarily the warmest and most emotional of cultures overall. But regardless, lament has to do with dealing with suffering, and we don't like to deal with suffering. Of course not. We want to avoid it. We want to hide it. We want to push it away, push it down to run from it, or push past it. Grief, suffering, pain, hardship, these are terrible things, unpleasant things. And the suffering of others can make us uncomfortable too. We don't know how to care for each other very well sometimes. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. I sit with people in my office when they're facing extraordinarily difficult and painful, horrific things. And one of the things I often talk with them about is people are going to care for you and they're going to do it really badly. And you're going to feel pitied. You're going to feel all of those things And I try to tell them, too bad. This is how we love each other. We're not good at this stuff. And you have to recognize what people are trying to do as we try to care for one another. We say foolish things in the middle of grief and hurt because we're trying to bring comfort and we don't know what to do. We're not good at this. We want to fix it. We want to make it stop, to make it go away, to help the person get over it. Suffering is hard. It matters. And how we deal with it matters. But sometimes in the church we can feel stuck because what about all these promises that God has given us? How can we struggle when God loves us so much? How can we hurt if we're saved? If heaven is real, if God promises such blessing, how can we hurt? Philippians 4, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. James 1, every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Jeremiah 17, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. 
They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends its roots out by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. How can we struggle when God promises us that? How can we hurt with a God like that? So in the church, sometimes we can hide our hurt and our suffering even more, maybe, than the world does. Because somehow we feel like we're failing as followers of Jesus. That if I'm suffering, it's because I don't have enough faith. Or I've done something wrong and we have to put on a brave face and a big fake smile and everything has to be okay if I'm a good follower of Jesus. It should be. And as I say that out loud, we know that's not great. We know that's not true. That's not what should be. And we'll, you know, inside ourselves say, no, no, I care for people. And if anybody's going through anything, they can come to me anytime. But we still feel that way. At least sometimes. We don't carry our hurts very well. We don't know what to do with it. But God does. Lament is one of the most interesting parts of Scripture because it reveals the heart of God in such a powerful way. He does make these incredible promises. He does give life. He does bring blessing upon blessing and is present with us in ways more deep than we can begin to understand. But he also knows better than anyone the true cost of our sin and the depth of our suffering that has come as a result. No one knows better than God what our sin has done. And so he knows our pain even better than we do. And to prove it, to show us, he has filled his word with expressions of pain and suffering. In Scripture, we love to read the stories. We know all about the law, even if we don't read it as much as we should. It's the big, long chunks we sometimes think are boring. We love the Psalms as well. We have a couple of favorites. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 139, he knit me together in my mother's womb. We use psalms in our music and in our worship all the time. We love the prophets, these grand visions of what God is going to do, of things to come in the end of time. But lament, lament is not something that we focus on in Scripture very much, but God's Word is full of it. Maybe that should tell us something about how God sees our suffering and what we should be doing with it. Job and Lamentations are two whole books focused on lament and response to suffering. The book of Job is 42 chapters long, walking through the story of the deepest loss 
and suffering that a person could experience in all the different ways that he talks about it. Job chapter 3, why is light given to those in misery and life to the bitter of soul? To those who long for death that does not come, who search for it more than for hidden treasure. For weeping had become my daily food. My groans pour out like water. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only my turmoil. Lamentations is a little bit shorter. It's only five chapters, but it's an entire book just dedicated to expressing lament and hurt and suffering, pouring out our heart in the place of deepest darkness, feeling lost and forgotten and broken over the loss of their land and their city and their temple, lament over the loss of faith that the prophets see, over the blessing that is lost as the people wander away. Lamentations 5, remember, Lord, what has happened to us and see our disgrace. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our home to foreigners. We have become fatherless. Our mothers are widows. We must buy the very water that we drink. Our wood can only be had at a price. Those who pursue us are at our heels. We are weary and find no rest. The rest of the prophets, too, are filled with lament. Jeremiah 15, Why is my pain unending and my wound grievous and incurable? Habakkuk chapter 3, I have heard it and my heart pounded, my lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones, my legs trembled. And the Psalms, too, used for so much worship and praise. There are 150 Psalms. 39 of them are individual laments, and 15 more are communal laments. More than a third of the book of worship is lament. Psalm 6, I am worn out from my groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping, and I drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. Psalm 31, be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction and my bones grow weak. God is trying to show us something. Lament has always been an important part of his relationship with people. He has always seen and heard and cared about our suffering, and he wants us to bring our cares to him. And so he has filled his word with the times that he has listened to the cries of his people. Cries of loss and destruction Illness and hardship, broken relationship, death. The laments expressed in Scripture cover every part of our lives, and God has preserved that here for us. 
to tell us that He sees, that He hears, that He cares. That our hurts are real and valid. That He knows. And even more astonishing, that He shares. Isaiah chapter 1, Hear me, you heavens. Listen, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its master, the donkey its owner's manger, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Woe to the sinful nation, a people whose guilt is great, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One in Israel and turned their backs on Him. He is angry and He is sad. He sees what is lost. God hurts for His people. Not only does God care about our pain, but He shares His pain with us. What kind of God is this? What kind of love is this? Matthew chapter 23, Jesus Himself, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Jesus expresses the heart of God to us. His longing for relationship and his lament at what is broken. That his people will not listen. That in their sin they are lost and hurting. And that hurts him. Lament is important because to know hurt means that we know love. To know evil means that we know good. To know loss means that we know relationship. And when things are not as they should be, we need to be able to express that. To speak it. To shout it. To cry it out. This is not right. God, why are you allowing this? Come, Lord Jesus, and make it right. Lament is an act of worship, declaring that things are not as they should be, but that good still is. God still is. And it's because we know what should be that we know that this is wrong. We also know that all will be made right. Job sat in the ashes. David sat in the wilderness and hid in caves. And Jesus himself cried out in the garden, but God is good. He is making all things new. We're not going to rush too far into that because when I say that, sometimes we can slide into quick fixes and papering over these hurts doesn't mean we can get over these things quickly and far too often. The encouragement that we can see within even the church is almost like broken down pithy sayings over the picture of a cute cat. And it wouldn't help us if we lost a parking spot, let alone we lose a child. When we face real suffering, 
God isn't talking about dealing with minor inconveniences or being disappointed that our food was cold at a restaurant. Job lost everything. All of his children were killed. Everything he had was stolen and his body was covered in disease. He was ruined. That is the place that he cried out from. David fled a murderous king who was literally hunting him. And later his own son turned on him, ran him out of the city into the wilderness, pursuing him to kill him. The prophets did everything that God asked and were beaten and chased away and many killed for their efforts. Jerusalem was destroyed. The people taken into slavery, murdered and pillaged and burned and destroyed. The men and women of Scripture knew real suffering. And the lament they poured out reflected that. And that's what God sees. He sees your real suffering too. Lament is important. And in those places, we need to sit in the ashes. It's not for us to hurry through the valley or push through the storm. The men and women of Scripture, the examples God has given us, walk through these things, sometimes for months, sometimes for years, sometimes for centuries. And lament cries out against the evil and reminds us that God is with us there too. But even still, we're not meant to stay there. God wants us to express our hurts to Him, to bring our suffering to Him, to know that He walks through it with us. Not simply that He has placed it on us, but in lament, in Scripture, we also see that the sorrow always ends in worship. Psalm chapter 6, I am worn out from all my groaning. My couch is drenched with tears. But then the Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. Psalm 31, again, my life is consumed by anguish, my years by groaning. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Lament is a critical part of our worship because suffering is a part of our journey. But even more, because we have hope in a God who is working to redeem all things. And in His Word, He has given us the words to express our own hearts to Him. Because He loves you. He sees what you are going through And he wants you to bring it to him, no matter how it feels. Don't skip over the uncomfortable parts of Scripture. Because it's in those places that God is revealing some of the most profound parts of his nature to us. And the true depth of his love and his care for every part of your life. How do you express lament? 
Who is walking through the darkness with you? Don't walk alone because God is here in you and in us. And together he hears our cries for help. Bring your hurts to him. Let's pray together. Father God, this is one of the most difficult parts that we face. We know that our sin has broken everything. That all the suffering we experience is because we have broken relationship with you and the world is not as it should be. God, you are at work. You are bringing new life. You are bringing healing. And most especially, you have given us your Son, bringing hope and transformation, holiness and righteousness, forgiveness and freedom. And we say thank you. We thank you for the presence of Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the power of your Spirit bringing comfort and hope and joy and healing. Father God, we are still here. We still experience incredible suffering, incredible brokenness, incredible evil. And so God, we invite you. We cry out against these things. We say, God, this is not right. This is not good. This is not what you desire. This is not what you have done. Come, Lord Jesus. Bring hope and healing. Bring us rest. Bring us peace. Make all things new. Walk with us through the fire, through the valley, through the darkness. Bring light. We desire you to move, and God, we thank you that you see. We thank you for your word that is filled with the hurts and the sufferings of your people, that we can know that you hear us. We can know that you are with us, whether we feel it or not. We thank you for your people, that your church, together, we can bring your presence into one another's lives when we can't find it ourselves. And God, we pray for the humility to bring our hurts to you. We pray for the vulnerability to bring our hurts to you. We pray, God, that you would meet us in those places. That your spirit would speak and you would move. Pray for healing. In Jesus' name, amen.